Dear Diary, grief is so hard every year on its anniversary. If anything, Matt's passing has taught me to go for life, go for love, go for laughs, go for the gusto. Today, in a conversation with one of my best friends, she got me out of my grief and my misery, and we lived and laughed and loved on this episode of the I Refuse Podcast. Also, ladies, remember this. Nowhere in the Bible does it say that Adam took Eve to work and kept her car. I don't know who need to hear that, but remember that. Let's get to this episode of the I Refuse Podcast. Fendi, like the bag. (laughs) This is the I Refuse Podcast. Welcome everybody to the I Refuse Podcast. I am Mr. Fox, also known as Aretha Franklin's haircut. I wanted to dedicate this special episode to processing grief. Today, October 26th, uh, I was teleworking like I always do the other four working days, business days of the week. And I was out of sorts. I was a little manic. I was uh, scattered for most of the day, most of the morning and the afternoon, and couldn't get my words together, it was tripping over my words, and I just couldn't figure out why, and then I looked at the date on my computer, and it all made sense, you know, I didn't feel emotional, didn't have a thought about the particular date. Um, specifically events that happened on this date in my history. Uh, so, you know, context goes a long way. For, so for those of you that don't know, about six years ago, I was married. Um, if you find me at any point on the internet, um, you will find that my last name is indeed hyphenated. And the reason why is because I was married six years ago. Married to a man by the name of Matthew Morgan Fox. Uh, We got married on June the 22nd of 2015. Um, We had known each other, dated one and all for about three or four years. It was more so off than on. Um, And then at some point, we crossed paths probably two or so years before we got married or, you know, we connected again. And it was one of those things where, you know, you meet a guy, um, he gets attached to you, you get attached to each other, like, instantly. And... You know, the moment we met each other, he was at my house for seven days straight. Like, he would leave, go to work, 
come back. Season 8, Blase, Blase. Um, and things were going well. And then I said something to him in a way that he didn't like. He left. I let that die out. Uh deleted his phone number, went on about my life. But every once in a while, over the next two or three years, he would just find me somehow. Um, First time he called me, and I didn't have the number saved or anything, so I didn't know who it was, but I answered. And the conversation wasn't about anything in particular. And I told his ass to leave me alone. Then it, like, some point I'd moved after I'd moved he had reached out to me through one of the social apps and it was in a roundabout way um I was actually talking to somebody else and not so long after I started talking to this person he reached out to me to send me a picture of him and this other person saying that they were roommates. Okay. Again, don't give a shit. And I went on about my life. Um, and he reached out to me again. And I realized that for about those two or three years, feelings had never left. And things really picked up and sped up. And we got married on June the 22nd. And then on October 26th of 2015, I found him dead in front of our bedroom door, doorway actually, uh, that morning. And mind you, that is the first and to date the only personal death I've experienced um you know my grandmother both of them are still alive my mother's still alive everybody in my family is still alive um first death first death to be present in front of me um that you actually feel a person get colder and colder and colder as the day goes on. Uh, first time trying to resuscitate somebody. First time physically seeing somebody turn purple in front of you. Um, and the grief setting in then. So the whole... So the grieving process and the crying and everything, um, first experience going through that, um, and going through the stages of grief, um, you know, I believe the first stage is denial and then, well, denial, then anger, and then I think there are like three or four other steps. But also realizing, you know, what kind of griever that I am. Like, there are those of us that grieve publicly. Um, There are those of us that 
have outbursts of grief. And there are those of us that grieve privately. Um, the two weeks, the two or so weeks uh, after his death, um, I did not, the only time I shown physical, a physical, emotional reaction to him passing away was in front of other people was the the morning of the day the day that I found him um, in front of the paramedics in front of the police um, I also show, I also showed fits of anger and frustration and all of that but in front of like friends and family I didn't show any of that um, but when I was by myself in bed I cried until I cried myself to sleep um, I cried in the kitchen when nobody was around and I don't know if that's tied to any particular part of me, like, maybe it's like a genetic thing, maybe it's how, you know, our process, but at some point, you know, it took me about six months to almost a year and a half to get through that, um, started going back to therapy, um, at that time I was already trying to process some post-traumatic stress that stemmed from a, an event that happened in my childhood, and Nobody, you know, we weren't married long enough for, like, family to know him and for his family to know me. Um, and for the two weeks that I had to do funeral arrangements and identify an estate, you know, identify, set up an estate, uh, do legal things. I was a zombie for most of that. Um... Like, people would talk to me, and I would look like I was engaged into the conversation, and look like I was present, but emotionally I was just not with it. Uh, it was, to me, it was more so an, um, an insult means just trying to get to making sure things were set up, the viewing, and making sure there was a turnout for that, and setting everything up to ensure, like, a proper a proper funeral and a proper viewing, and making sure he was laid to rest um, beautifully. Looking back, I realized a couple of things. 
Um, I think he had it in him to early on, like prior to us getting married, like I said, it was really quick. You know, from the moment he popped back up to us getting married, it was less than two weeks. Um, good dick will do that to you. But nevertheless, I think early on at that time, he had it in his mind that he wanted to end his life. And the reason why I say that is because there was conversations not too long after we moved into our own place. Um, For whatever reason, he wanted to take me by a funeral home. He claimed he had worked there before and he knew the people and stuff. But what person you know that you're dating or you're married to or you're friends with has this idea that they want to give you a tour of a funeral and the graveyard and tells you their wishes of how they want to get buried and where they want to get buried. Not so long after getting married. Um... And this was before his uh, adoptive brother had killed himself. This was before, I think, his dad had passed away. Um, So I I can only imagine that those two events coupled with that conversation just kind of put everything into overdrive. Um... But for two weeks, publicly, I was just a zombie. Um, Privately, the amount of crying and the level of crying that I did varied. Um, You know, I cried because I, I was the one that found them in that state. I cried because he didn't see he didn't see himself as worthy of living. I cried because I wanted more for him and his life and his life beyond the the here and now. Um, you know, to me, he was. A wonderful human being. Um, I wanted so much more for him. And even more so, I would, I've always hoped that he would come out the other side okay. Um, or at least pushing through, either with the help of therapy um, and improve mental health and emotional stability to keep going, to keep living. Um, He had so much to live for, Um, if not for me, for himself. But those four months or the four years that I've known him, the four months that we were married, um, 
although it was trying for me because you know you have somebody who has this all consuming spirit this all consuming energetic presence and this magnetism that just sucks you in and keeps you in rapture and in this in constant emotional gravitas all the time um and it's like no matter whether it was a quick you know ascension with dopamine and the thrill of it or whether it's just something that's slow and steady you know as people that date you know do um i had never felt that way before i never felt that kind of thing before. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I was teleworking like I always do. And mind you, I hadn't thought about Matt in a while. Like, he's always here, but I'd, I'd never, like, I haven't thought about that particular time or seeing him that way or that particular day in a while. Um, mm. So, like, I woke up this morning and I was just, and lately I've just been feeling like the days, <clears throat> it's not feeling like a Tuesday, it's feeling like a Thursday or something. I've been feeling like that for a while. But today I was just like tripping over myself and kind of manic and not just like just not with it Mm. um and then i just happened to look at the date on the computer i was like oh wow and um and i had like a a quiet cry like Mm. the the tears were coming like they were there but i just I didn't like cry out loud. You just had to. It was like a silent release. It was. So, like, the tears were there. Like, they were at the top of my eyelids. And my heart was hurting a little bit. And it was slow. Like, usually Mm -hmm. when I'm ready to cry, like, I get the lump in my throat. Like, it happens real fast. But it was just slowly getting there. I'm going to be honest with you. I think that is the only time I've seen or heard you cry. Right. So I talked about that too. Like, you know, there are those of us out there that like grieve differently or grieve in different ways. Like you have people that express it publicly you have those that have like outbursts here and there you have those of us that just don't express it around people at all right um but i think and this is like matt's passing is the first and today only 
death I've experienced. Oh, like wow. personally, like close to me. Yeah. Like my mom's still alive. My dad's still alive. Both of my grandparents are still alive. Like everybody in my family that I've known all my life are still are alive. still around. Right. Um, and all my friends are still alive. Right. Um, yeah. So first That's death I've experienced. Right. And on top of that, like the whole thing. Yeah. Like, just how everything happened. Right. The like up, the aftermath, everything. I remember. Like I actually saw him in right. front of me. Right. Um, and, you know, had to go through letting the police in, letting the paramedics in, like that the panic and like that whole frantic feeling and being stunned for so long um, and not having really any time to like for it to hit you. And it did it. So it started to, of course, the day of like, I think until I saw I think until after I left and stayed at my sister's house, mm-hmm. um, I really only flipped out in front of like the paramedics mm-hmm. or the pe- you know the the people that showed up and were like taking notes and looking at his medications and trying to figure stuff out. Mm-hmm. The rest of the day, rest of that day, um, I was just like a zombie, and then. After I got to my sister's house, I didn't cry around anybody. Right. I, um, they had like a, a day room that like was off of the hallway and they let me stay in there. But like when I was going to bed, I would cry, like I would cry myself to sleep in the dark. Um, and it'd be really bad, but nobody else was in there but me. Right. And, any other time, it would be kind of like the silent cry, where it was just like the tears would fall, right. and my face would get really red, but I nothing would come out. Right. Um, and then I didn't cry at the viewing. I didn't cry at the funeral. I didn't cry at any point during making the arrangements. Um, I didn't cry on the ride to the graveyard. I didn't cry. Focus. Yeah, and it's crazy. It's cra- it was, it was like, interesting watching you step up the way that you did. And not to say that I don't think that you would have. Right. It was just the whole experience and you still being able to make sure that he was laid to rest properly, that he was honored and remembered and you you made sure he was good. You made sure that what he deserved was had to the best of your ability. And it never came off as odd that you didn't cry Again, because 
like I said, I don't think I've, I've, I don't get you to be a crier. You're very affectionate. You're very loving. You're very, you have an amazing amount of empathy. You're just not a crier. You know what I mean? So it was, it was heartbreaking yet honoring to see you be able to keep it together for him the way that you did. And I can't imagine how difficult it was for you to even still just be able to keep face after experiencing it. Uh, yeah. Um, and I'm just like, kind of I wouldn't say reliving it but I'm I'm looking at everything from that time. It's replanning your head. It is. Um like especially the ride from the funeral home to the graveyard. Cause I had him buried um I don't know why his ass wanted to get buried at um I think it's uh it's a grave it's a grave place out where is this fucking place um it's a graveyard out in the Randallstown area I think isn't it it's like correct a, me if I'm wrong isn't it a it's like a serviceman no no um no no it it's a so here's the thing so it's not if it is it the because if I'm not mistaken because I think my uncle was there too, um, like I think it's off of Old Court I think, yes. but it's like the back way. Yes, yeah, I know who you're talking about. Um, and you know what's crazy? Like I think you and I had a conversation not too long after that, right? Where mm-hmm. you had said something similar to where he just. Like he just knew, um, not that like he knew he wanted to go, but like um, he knew I would take care of him. Do you remember that yeah. conversation? So it's the reason why I'm saying that is because I was saying earlier, like looking back, I think he knew as early as the moment we reconnected that he wanted to go. And I'm going to tell you why, because Mm. I didn't tell anybody else this, well, except the people that are going to listen to the first 15 minutes, Um, (laughs) that one of the things he did was he started having conversations with me. Like, after we moved into the apartment, he started having conversations with me about um, his wishes. Mm-hmm. Um, even going as far as taking me out to that specific place. I remember that. Um, I do remember that. And he he was telling me and at the time I was just like, okay, where the fuck are we going now? Because you always he always had like an idea or a plan but no money. No shade. But um, 
he took he wanted to take me out there and he he claimed that he used to work there and he knew the people there and stuff and i'm like okay i didn't think anything of it i'm like okay this is just another it was possible right like okay you just want you really bringing me out here because you want to introduce me to people you know okay no big deal but i sat here and it just hit me and i'm like he wanted to go early on Mm. and it and i think that's why it's also hit me the way that it is today among other things which is you know the whole spectrum of death like and finding a loved one and having to do all that stuff and then pushing through it and i was just like yeah i think he knew early on he wanted to to go and this was before you know his um his dad had passed away this was before um his last brother committed suicide he found him like and i think this was well this was some point after Freddie Gray and the riots started happening, but um, that just added another layer to to my thing today. But yeah, like that. Um, I was thinking about just then. I was thinking about the the drive from where we had the viewing of the funeral to the grave the grave site, and I had him buried at the Veterans Cemetery in Garrison. Right. That's I told you knew that, right? Yes. Okay. Um and if this isn't crazy enough, I think I told you this too. The man that uh I guess offici mm-hmm. if do you officiate is that the word? Funerals? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I don't know if that's the proper word, but I'm You know what I mean. Yeah. But he passed away not even three weeks later. Oh wow. Really? I said, yeah, like, um, because, and I found out from Matt's family or aunt or something, other people that had been there, because, you know, he also knew the family, personally. Mm. Yeah, I was like, I said, you lying to me. Wow. Yeah, so, um, I don't know why I went in that direction, but, yeah, like, I had um, started going back to therapy and stuff and, you know, processing everything and just trying to get past the why during that time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hadn't, even though Matt's with me, like, I haven't thought back to that day in about two or so years. You know, I, you know, when the anniversary of his passing, I might go to the bar and have a drink with um, somebody else that knew him pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, like it's not at the forefront of my mind. But it's right. just weird to me that it still affects me in a different way. Like I'm not crying out loud, but. I'm yeah. still affected, even given like the short amount of time that we were together. Is the one thing I know about you 
is I remember when you called me and Rita and asked us to meet him. And I was like, this has to be serious because you don't introduce us to everybody. Um, I remember that first outing and it was just like, he's happy. Like, happy. Both of y'all, y'all were like a teenage couple. It was so adorable to see you that way. You know what I mean? And I remember you bringing him around to the house when we was on Loudon and having that conversation with him. Like, he was a dope-ass person. He really was. And I wish I would have been able to get to know him more, but I feel like I got to appreciate him and I loved him because of the way that he loved you. And he just seemed like an overall overall decent and good person for you. Like, y'all meshed well, especially because I think, what was it at that time? The shock was he wasn't older. That was the thing also. It was just like, it was different. You know what I mean? In a good way. And... He he hit his pain well. Or at least to us, he did. I'm not sure if he was as open to you. You know what I mean? But I would have never, never would have thought that he experienced some of the things that he was experiencing or even wanted to go that route and then it's like I'm wondering if you know like you said that you felt like he bent like he knew he knew from the jump and I hate to use this word um, but I do know that this is a feeling that sometimes people feel when things like that happen it's almost a feeling of selfishness and it, and then the flip side to it is, is that if I knew that my days were going to be numbered, not because of anything else other than myself, then I would want to spend those days with someone that I know would help me experience love that I either didn't experience before or I didn't know existed. And that may be the reason why. Can I go into a little bit of detail? I don't want to go into too much, but just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah, um, I remember you telling me that night that, like, he kept, like, checking on you. He kept coming in the room to check on you because you were going to sleep. Um, and I think that. In a sense, he wanted to protect you as much as he could, even though he had already had his mind made up. Um, 
it's just damn. I I think he knew you were going to make sure that when he made that decision that he was going to be able to be at peace knowing that he was able to experience a love like that with you. And it was equal. It wasn't, you know what I mean, one person loves each other more. At least that's not how it appeared to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, I believe you wholeheartedly loved him and I believe he wholeheartedly loved you. I just think that whatever else was going on trumped everything. <clears throat> um, it was just the, with him like knowing that he was checking on you says a lot. Um, I don't know, Jason. Wow. How many years has it been? Today is six years. Time went by fast. It did. Um, Time went by fast. And I'll say that, you know, still going to school Mm. while grieving out, Mm. um, there was a time then that, like, I actually considered quitting school for a while. Not, like, quitting for good, but probably just taking a break. Um, You know, school, the semester still kept going, and... You know, he he had passed right around midterms, um, and I was just not in the mindset to even try to like study and you know get caught up or whatever. But luckily, it worked out to where I didn't fail any of my classes. But it was just, I think, the ability to just dust myself off and just keep going to work after two weeks and going back to school and staying busy just got me through. Um, And yeah, six years. Um, I was um, saying earlier, like there's so many layers to why I grieve I mean outside of the interpersonal stuff like that was my husband best friend friend all that but like there's a a bigger part of me that just wished and hoped that he had like got through or just kept going through like his own grief his feeling like he didn't belong feeling did like did he ever really talk about any of that he did so okay. so so sometimes he would discuss it in like a rational way but other times it would kind of come out in an emotional way okay um and then there would be times in between where he would just 
not like he'd be quiet most of the day and then just have like an episode later on. And a lot of that just stemmed around. He didn't feel like it was his place to. Um, we never really had like a a conversation going into those changes when you when you're married or together and stuff. Because we had, I think we had moved. At, yeah, we moved after we got married. Now, I mean, it was it had only been like two weeks. From the day he like popped back up to the day that we got married, and that was right. crazy. But you know, it is what it is. I'm, right. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm not here to judge that. And he was fine. Um, <laughs> it was real. That's all that matters. Right. So, like, we didn't have like a conversation about okay well this is how we're going to do it you know we just he more so than me just wanted, we he just wanted to have his own place um cuz i was like in a roommate situation and that shit was on its way out anyway um but yeah like we had moved and I can't remember if he threw out most of his stuff where he didn't have a whole lot. But most, all the stuff in the apartment was my stuff. Um, and, you know, he had clothes and stuff and we were moving stuff in, but at like no point during the move did he have like, did he just like intervene and just like put stuff in the bedroom and just like spread it out like I was just moving stuff and he like over the course of like two months it would be the same complaint and he would like do it around the same time which is like late at night like I just got home from school which I was doing full time and I was going to work full time and I would come home and I would shit you not like around the same time at least two or three times a week, it would be about it would be about that. And I don't know if that was like an episode from his bipolar that I don't think a lot of people knew. Um, and he was on a shitload of medication for a, a lot of stuff, and I think including that. But it would always be about the fact that his clothes were in the spare bedroom and I guess instead of being in the main bedroom or in the hallway or something. And I'm like thinking to myself, you're here all day. You can do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Right. Outside of that, like, I remember I went somewhere and he knew where I was. Um, and when I left, he was in an okay mood, no big deal. And I'd stayed out until about 9 or 10. And when I walked in, he just had a different expression on his face than when I left him. And he was folding clothes. And I was like, hey, what's up? Um, 
and he had said something to the to the effect of um something was bothering him and it wasn't anything that I did but he was feeling some kind of way about something I think Mm -hmm. and honestly to this day I couldn't really tell you what it was it was like okay when I left out you was cool I went to housewarming and the text or whatever was cool I come back you're in a different mood um and he was a like I think he was trying to say that he didn't want to do this anymore it wasn't working but he wasn't coming out and saying it something was bought I, I don't know but I know that like he had these these moods. Um, right. And, you know, he had a mouth on him and he expressed himself how he felt, which is mm-hmm. one of the reasons why I loved him. Like, he was, he was fearless. You know what I mean? Like, right. fearless. <clears throat> um, he was about it, about it. You didn't and, have to wonder with him. Right. Like, he was very um not like in your face, but you knew what it me. was. Right. Yeah, this is me. Um but you are the same way, except um I pick my spot. You don't you're not vocal. You're very confident in who you are just by who you move by the way you move, period. Right. Um, you don't have to speak or open your mouth for it to show. We gonna get together though, one of these days. We just really everything's gonna line up and it's just gonna be <laughs> just right. Cause... It is what it is. You gotta no. start some damn way. Oh, I know, right? Everybody had a lemonade stand that just wasn't quite. Um, but yeah, like I um, I knew what I was going into, right? Because you know we did have a conversation that you know we had this going on with his health, this, this, this. And he also had the bipolar thing going, right? Mm. Um, But also, he still had, like, the mind of, I guess, a police officer. So he wasn't... So he was a police officer, but he wasn't. Like... And, you know, although I kind of worried in the back of my mind with, you know, about him having a gun in the apartment and his situation with his mental health. Right. And like he he was kind of on and off with the that job while we were living in the apartment. Um to where 
he he told me before we moved that he was going to quit. Um, but then at some point, I think he wanted to go back, but they wouldn't let him come back. And then it was a different situation. But he yeah. still acted like he was a cop or something. Yeah. And we lived at we lived at Morningside Heights, which I mean the name alone at this point <laughs> should give should set off like red flags. Um because I'm I'm sure you've heard some stories. Sweetie, it's Baltimore. Right. Um that says enough as it is. So So I'll give you an example. So Moving over there, neither one of us knew that it had been something different than I remember. Because I used to live, when I was in grade school, actually, I used to live in Watermill Apartments, which are around the corner. Mm. So I knew Watermill, Allison Gardens, Morrisside Heights, like the back of my hand then. But it was a different story when we moved over there. Like, uh, he... This is going to a whole other thing. So, probably about August or September, um, he had called me one night or texted me or whatever. I was in class. And he said that um, he got a knock at the door while he was in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And it was neighbors in the building letting him know that there were two guys at the car at his car. There was uh, one guy at the back of the car and there was another guy under the car. And okay. um, <clears throat> you know, when the, I guess after a while when um, they saw the neighbors, they had ran off. Mm-hmm. Um, and then at some point, probably like a week or so later, he had texted me or called me or whatever while he was in the car driving down 795 and he was like like I the the brakes are act, it must something's wrong with the brakes or something is not right mm-hmm. he had pulled over into the shoulder and saw the like key marks down the driver's side of the car um he took the car to the highway administration to their garage because he knew somebody on the inside and they put the car on the um, the jack or the lift, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. and saw that they were close to cutting his uh, brake line. What the hell? And um, they had almost um, severed, I guess, parts of the transmission. They were literally <laughs> trying to take him out. So when we got into an argument, there weren't that many, but they were pretty crazy. Um, well this one this one got physical I'm not gonna okay we gonna keep it we gonna keep it a hundred it happens you know go ahead tell your story sweetie I'm not doing that part I'll just skip past that part you don't have to yeah just so he left and um got into an accident okay he jumped the curb. Well, no, he hit a. I think he 
hit a car, jumped a curb, fucked up the um the axle, like fucked up the front end of the car. Mm-hmm. Um, the car he hit because he had a car. Of course, you know the police were called and all this other stuff, and he had a police report and everything. Um. Came home. No, he went to the hospital. Came, you know, the car was dropped off in front of the apartment. And, you know, they came and got it or whatever. And then, like, not so long after that, weird shit just started happening to where, like, people around the complex were kind of, like, harassing him. So, from that forward, from that moment forward, like, he would carry his gun with him on him wherever he went. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like... Yeah. Um. So one day, we were both in the kitchen, and the police report from the accident was on the kitchen counter. Okay. And up to that point, he had told me that it was um some black guy driving a white car that he hit. The dude seemed pretty cool or whatever, blase, blase. So I looked at the police report, um, and the address was to the the high-rise building that's in the front of the development. Hmm. Right. Now, come to find out, so... It was it was random shit that kind of links together. Let me get there. So, <laughs> so at some point, um, you know, he got the car back, and um, somehow or another, he was the cops that came by, and um, for something else, but he was by the car and the. And the cops had told him, you know, you may want to move out of here. Like, out of the complex. Like, go somewhere else. Because okay. there's some foul shit happening behind the scenes. Hmm. I was like, okay. Um, so, come to find out that the property manager was um, was in cahoots with a lot of the guys in the complex in the development right mm. that were drug dealers now what are the odds that the person that Matt hits is a drug dealer right now you call, you couple that with the fact that just about every week Matt is like on the property managers about you know normal apartment shit. Mm-hmm. And then if I pay like my rent, then if there's something wrong, you're supposed to fix it. So Right. So he's on their neck about normal apartment shit. Mm-hmm. And then it goes further about you know you know people fucking with my car people are vandalizing my car you know that brings more police attention to the complex 
you just so happen to hit a drug dealer's car um, and, you know, he sends his goons over to fuck with your car because, you know, you fucking with him and you, you bring in too much heat to the apartment complex and there's too many cops around. Like, right. So, um, and mind you, like, I'm finding piecing this shit together like almost to the day that he had passed. Mm. And it all of it really didn't hit me until later on. But yeah, like, it got so bad that like, I had to like keep the car elsewhere because even after he got that shit fixed from the car, mm. they were still, it was still a target. Right. And nobody in the complex knew that he had passed away. So in their mind, like if the car is still here, then this he dude's still, still around. Right. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So at some point I had my, um, one of my cousins, she needed a car to get around. So I loaned the car to her. Um, luckily, though, like nothing was wrong with it because I'd had um, loaned it out to her not too long after he had passed. Mm. Um, but yeah, like <clears throat> the thing with the property manager and her, like, kind of knowing, well, knowing the drug dealers and knowing all this drug activity is happening. And then you got this white boy that's just like, and not just any white boy, like, Matt can aggravate the shit out of you. Like, if you, and it don't take much. It depends on what it is. Like, it depends on what's bothering him mm-hmm. and how much he cares about what it is or who it is. Right. That he's not above like going over to the office, calling them, like making it a big deal. And I think <clears throat> once it got to the part about the car and the vandalism and stuff, I think she, I, I'm just theorizing. Like, I think the property manager, knowing, the guy that he hit, well, the car, you know, and him, him, I think, in her mind, essentially being a thorn in her side about all this shit. Mm. I was like, I don't know, you know, I'm no Angela Lansbury, but, you know, I'm no Madlock, I'm no, you know, I'm none of those people. Right, Perry Mason, Columbo, Robert Sack. No, I'm not even John Walsh, but I'm just saying. Like, that's crazy. Yeah. But that's another thing that I loved about Matt. It's just like, he will get shit done. Yeah. Like, he may piss. Like, my thing was this. I don't care how you treat everybody else. Just treat me good. You know what I mean? And mind you, you know, the reality was that's not always, that wasn't always the case. But Mm. when it it came to like security and being a protector and looking out for people, he's your guy. Yeah. Um, And 
you know, the four months were brief, but <clears throat> we managed to do a lot just as far as figuring shit out, like trying to like get our act together and stuff. Because, I mean, for a lot of people, like, it's definitely an adjustment no matter how long you've known somebody um, or how well you think you know somebody, like, to go from dating to married. Like, that's a huge shift. And then moving in together at the same time. Um, But, yeah, like, that that was definitely a crazy time where it was just, like, Nigga, what is wrong with you? Like, what is going on with you? Like, and can I help you? Right. Um, Because the boy was crazy as cash hit. But just as he was crazy, he was amazing, too. Um, Hmm. And I was saying, I'm going to use that stuff saying, yeah. But that was like, I don't think I'll ever feel that that level of like magnetism and because you know Matt can be could be all consuming. You know what I mean? Like, and he's not. That's not his intention. He just has that magnetism to him like he really he walks in and like the room is alive and he brings people together and he cares a lot about people um he was definitely a character though like um nothing that's that and a lot of other reasons I mentioned earlier is why it probably still affects me. Even yeah. six years later. Um, yeah, so. Do you feel like you've been able to heal and move forward the way you would like to? Um, I'll say this, like, I know that I've healed a great amount because of therapy. Um, right. And just having <laughs> the village that I have, you know, you and Sharita and um, some of my white friends <laughs> Um, <laughs> like I still crack up but I'm like they are white Um, but also having some of his friends too like you know I even in his family too off the record but I know it's going to be part of the podcast because um, I'm going to just speak my shit and move on um he has a he has a biological half brother. No, mm. no, 
Well, a biological brother, right? Shanae, mm. when I tell you. All right, so. I'm like, I know what you're about to say. When I tell. <laughs> so, we can both agree that Matt was a cutie. Like, oof. Yeah. Um, yes, he was. <clears throat> when I tell you. All right, so. You know what Matt looks like, or <laughs> did look like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So think think of that, but slimmer. Okay. When I tell you, when similar personalities, like I don't give a fuck. I don't like your friends, <clears throat> like. Your friends get on my nerves. Like, don't give a shit. No nonsense. And then you got the nerve to come around with, like, no sleeves on your shirt. And you know it's the oh, summertime. When I tell you. So, yeah, I'm going to leave that there. And I'm going I'm to, because I'm going to send you a picture later. And I know you, I know that's going to warrant a phone call because, Lord have mercy. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> so after I bought the house, sorry, I had to pause. Had to uh, bring my heartbeat down to a resting pace. I had to remember where I was. Mm, mm, mm. So for a short while, actually, I think it was just this year. Um, his brother and I had reconnected. No, we're still Facebook friends, but like he started his own um, lawn mowing service or landscaping, which is essentially you just ride around with a bunch of lawnmowers on the back of your truck. Um, Everybody got one of those. No shade. But um, I know I'm an asshole for it. But, you know, if you like it, I love it. I want a couple of shirts. He still owed me a couple of shirts. But no, he um, would come around. Every once in a while in the yard. So it, mm. that would be nice. And, you know, he still looks the mm. same. Uh, so, yeah. So that's there's that. See you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I may have went up to the second floor bedroom window and watched him. Maybe. <laughs> and I it was it. like, it was like, <laughs> in slow motion but you know I may have come out every once in a while with a bottle of water <laughs> after he was done and struck up some conversation I may have just stood in the driveway and watched him walk around in his tight jeans maybe I, you know just oh my gosh you know white woman summer shit um Oh, I cannot stand you. If you get my gist. But, um... The whole time I'm visualizing this. I can see your facial expression and everything. (laughs) Girl, you know I'm trying to keep my heartbeat down to a resting pace. (laughs) 
I'm trying. You almost stroked out earlier. We don't need it to happen again. (laughs) Um, (sighs) Oh my goodness. I'm like, why does he have to come around with these sleeveless shirts and just be, you know, why, why does he have to sweat my driveway? Why is this happening to me? Temptation, temptation, temptation. Resting heartbeat, nevertheless. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. Um, but yeah, like that's where I am. And you know, having this conversation, like talking with you and talking about it has helped me a great deal. Um, like I say, like the therapy and having, you know, my village of people and continuing to live like if nothing experiencing that um that change in life and experiencing such a great loss has inspired me to like well not only changing my attitude about like well right live but like go for the gusto and just go for what you want and who you want it's one of the one things that i've always admired about you like, you can't tell me nothing. Like, y'all can't, can't tell, tell me what I can't shit. or can't do. Like, I can't tell you shit. I can suggest it. <laughs> I mean, they suggest you drive a certain speed, but that don't mean oh, nothing. My and I'm not condoning yeah, reckless driving. Drive the yellow line. I'm Listen. Yeah, I know. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Not you, but my. I will. Because look, like I tell Mark, I'm like, look, I got places to be. Not I got things talk. to do. D- sir, the yellow line, though? <sighs> you acting like yeah. you acting like the whole driver's side is on the other side. <laughs> you you really is act, you really acting like I'm treating these roads like I'm at the skating rink. You really acting like I just be on some speed racer shit. <laughs> I am the like least. You didn't do it. I am not as bad as our girl Rita. Now listen, there's a there's pros to that though. She's I the remember only person that. I feel safe speeding through Baltimore anyway. Man, when we left like, the mailroom that day to go to the chicken spot, the fuck out of a car. When we left the mailroom, she was like, "All right, we're gonna go to the junction to the chicken box spot, which <laughs> is still there." Like, You're not gonna make it back all time. Shit. She like. I don't even remember going through Lincoln Park. That's how fast she was going. And Lincoln Park is not a straight away. Like, it's not straight through. And it's not even the side of Lincoln Park that is, like, near the park and ride. It's the other side. Mm-hmm. Like, what was that? Uh, Windsor Mill. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we went through there. <laughs> and... I seriously thought I was going to go out the back window. She was driving so fast. And I'm trying to get get the seatbelt thing 
to unhinge so I can put it in the buckle. And by the time I do it, we at the junction. And then we get the chicken box. And she drove so fast back to the to the uh, building, the food was still hot. <clears throat> like, we literally had a half an hour left. I said, this is, this is great. She's going to get you where you need to go. Always. I'm not as... And yeah. safely. She will. And in one piece. Safely. But I seriously thought, the way she was flying down that street, under that bridge, I thought I was going to fly out the back window. I remember always having conversations with men and they talk about women can't drive and I'd be like, shit. I, I, I got, got this girl. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something. She will get you to Frederick drive better minutes. than your ass. She will get you. And it's crazy because it's like, as fast as she drives, she still <laughs> show up late. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hold on. They was clowning me at the wedding. I'm like, see, look, y'all got to understand, I'm coming from further away. I'm coming from further away, and I'm looking real crazy in Joy Hill Park right now, but I'm here. But everybody showed up late. Like, a three-hour production, like, setting up for everybody to get there. And the whole thing lasted probably about five or ten minutes. Like, I get what you're going for, but damn. I mean, I was cool, though, because, you know, I was dressed from head to toe, whereas some of the girls had... Why did somebody say I look like Jackie Chan from a shower? I said... That is some white boy shit to say to me. And it was a white boy that said that shit to me. Like you couldn't, you couldn't think like chef. Like I could take chef. Like I can oh take God. a chef because I did look like one, or a caterer. I could take that. But Jackie Chan, you couldn't give me Chris like <clears throat> Jackie Chan now. And I looked at the picture. I'm like, damn, he right though. And I've never seen a Rush Hour movie, and they couldn't believe it. Have you? You still haven't seen one? I didn't see. There's three of them, right? Yes. Yeah, I haven't seen any of them. I know it's bad. Hmm. And you know there was a, then that led into a whole conversation about Chris Tucker. Like I've seen his other that stuff. That surprises me so much, considering the collection you have. Right. What else haven't you seen? Of Chris Tucker's? No, just mm, surprising. Because I'm surprised by that. <laughs> like a popular movie. <laughs> that has sequels. Not one? Not one, not two, not three. What the fuck? But I will talk you up and down about Money Talks. Uh, Fifth Element, Dead Presidents. I will talk you up and down about Friday House Party is Three. One of the first movies I learned word for word because of him. One of these days, I'm going to be Ruby Rod for uh, Halloween. Oh my god, you have to! But I think that'll be harder to get. <clears throat> like I had to really look hard for something similar. Glue. You know what? 
from yep. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it. I can pull off Fifth Element though. I can pull. I can pull off Lilu. I can. I can pull off Lilu. You with can. the white joint with the orange hair. Oh, that's me. Oh yeah, I know, right? Imagine that visual North Avenue. Um, <laughs> do you know how much money I will make? <laughs> oh my goodness! I'll oh. be like, I'll be like, uh, the multi pass don't go there, sir. I'm gonna need you not to put, try to put your multi pass there. Can you not, sir? Thank you. I'm sick of you. I know. Twelve years later, I'm a mess. Um, and that's another thing. Twelve years ago, well, thirteen wow. actually. Um, you sure it ain't been longer than that? Two thousand eight. I walked my ass up in the mill room <laughs> and bent over. <laughs> Heck, I really do not recall doing that part. You remind me. All the time, and I'm like, I don't remember doing that. Ex Rochelle. <laughs> oh my god, she was with me. I believe it. I believe it. I believe it. I said, I do not remember oh doing that. Oh my goodness. But that's something about right, because Rochelle, my girl. I was like, oh, that's my friend. <laughs> right. And she had that. I do. I, like I do him. think I remember the look on her face. Like you made that shit up. <laughs> no, it's real oh and in living color. Yeah, that's my team. Definitely did that shit. <sighs> I don't know what the hell was going through my mind. It was me, Rochelle, and Tony. And Tony just looked like, okay, let's move on. <laughs> <sighs> This is just an amazing introduction. It was something about that place that just made me fucking loony. Really, Listen, well, probably because there wasn't shit else to do, really. That place, you either can conform or it will eat you alive like a doomed sandworm. Not a doomed sandworm. How you do that? How you do? Listen, people crack in that place. Oh, I believe it. I know you got stories. <clears throat> um, it, I knew being younger and going to events with my mother. Like y'all, are a special group of people. <laughs> Like, my these your friends? You work with them? This is do y'all do this shit at work? <laughs> Remember going there for like before it was bring your children's to work day. It was bring your daughters to work day, and she would bring me every year. Like yeah, that place was different. Then when I started working there and realized that they had their own zip code, I was like it's like a planet of its. Own. I did not know they had the own zip code. This big ass Baltimore County universe. <laughs> that place is special. 
I did not I, know I, it had its own zip code. I did. Yeah, t- each so, building has its own zip code. Wow, that's gangster. I wish I had my own zip code. Yeah, each individual building has its own zip code. I tell you what, the that building had everything. Yeah, it did. Just like the um, CMS, the main building does. So, funny thing. So, I'm not going to be in that. I know I'm going to hate this. Like, not being in that building anymore with the new job. But also, so my, um, my new office is in a, is in the, a Windsor building. Like, oh, right? So there's a... Where the BGE facility is on Lower Baltimore. Is that Lower Baltimore? Mm-hmm. At that light. Over in the industrial park. Yeah. So at that light right there, <clears throat> um, there's, a bu- there's a building, a brown building. I think that's the building. I've never physically been there, but I'm told that's where it is. Mm-hmm. But there might be a chance that I won't physically uh, step in there. Because word on... Well, here's the thing. Word on the curb is... Um, word on the curb. And I knew we were probably going to be going in this direction <laughs> because they had been kind of like... I guess stretching it out, you know, you know, we're still doing full-time telework, functional, work from home, all this blah, 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 without like actually telling us what the return to building date would be, or if that was even on the horizon. So I was like, okay, that makes sense. Turns out that they are going to uh, at some point um, put a reservation system in to where it's like if you absolutely have to come in, you have to go through this process. Mm. So they're not going to bring us back. But also when um, there's going to be like another Biden thing that comes down that mm-hmm. will, I guess, allow the agency to hire 900 more people. I don't know if they're all going to be contractors. I don't know if they're all going to be career mm. conditional or permanent career or whatever. So uh, my black ass will probably work for them. If they let me stay home, like the whole time after all this is over with. Man, Man this ain't never going to be back. over. We are we are definitely living a real life I am legend, okay? Um, that, that was the hardest decision I had to make leaving. I didn't want to, but they wouldn't accommodate me. Right. Which I knew they could. Just didn't want to. I was willing to go back and they wouldn't accommodate me. So, had to check out. Girl, I know, I know that was rough. But I, I listen. <clears throat> I got the promotion and started in J that January. I left. What year did I leave? 
Oh my God. I think it's been almost eight or nine years now. Wow. Yeah, because I think you left not too long before or after I got I moved agencies. I'm not naming it because I don't want this shit that I'm saying over here to come back. Um, wow. Um. Yeah, I think it's been like eight or nine years. Cause, yeah, I got promoted that January. Two weeks after class started, I got real sick and was out for like two weeks. Mm. They, I came back and instead of going back in the classroom, they let me sit in the cubicle and I self-taught myself and one of the trainers stayed with me to just assist me if I needed to. So I tried to still, you know, try to catch up to still try to perform the job because if I, if they could accommodate me, I would have stayed. So it's like, if I can't do it with this job, then how about I go back? I'll go back. Just let me work from home. And at least with that one, I don't have to worry about the phone calls and stuff. I was willing to go ahead and take the demotion. Fuck it, whatever. I was happy in that job anyway. So three months I fought that shit. And within that three months, I think I only worked a total... <clears> of <throat> maybe four weeks. But they even let me bring my stuff home. So it was like, I'll train while I'm at home and still do what I need to do. Like, I'll come in to do, you know, take the test or whatever the case may be, but I'll still keep trying to learn a job just in case. And then it got to the point where it was my hands. My hands is what started to go first. The repetition of the keyboard, my hands would lock up on me. And it's like, if I can't type, then I can't do the job. So I hate to leave. Now that I'm, I don't know. Because I'm almost afraid if I do go back to that repetition, it'll reverse all the progress that I made. But if it was any way that I could guarantee that that wouldn't happen, I would go back. Mm. Girl, you better than me. Even though they tried to blackball me. <laughs> that place is something else. Don't get me started. It is. And people that still work there that I know trying to get me to come back. I'm like, look, no, you need to come over here. I mean, it's not it a thousand percent things. better, but it's better. I think it just is it really depends on the group of people you work with. Facts. 
because I've had both experiences there. My bad experience, that shit was bad. <laughs> like, it cost me a promotion and everything. And I still, fuck y'all. I don't care. Oh, oh, I told you about another friend of mine that had went through something over that place. Well, not in that building, but... They play a lot of... In the other building. Personal, political bullshit games. You know what I'm saying? And then... You know how they shake shit up randomly. And all it takes for you is, again, to get underneath the right person. <laughs> Shout out to Mr. Wanda. Listen. Wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry, Mr. Shut up. <laughs> no, because that, that's real shit. The shit I'm... Yeah, you like, know, shout out I to Mr. Wanda. I got about that, too. And being around, like, the people you work around just being a dope-ass group of people. And everybody I was around, that whole little section that I was around, we all just piggybacked off each other and got shit done and had fun. So, um, a little tea time, if you if you would uh, oh, indulge no. me. A little tea time for you folks. I sure will. Um, so, maybe a year or so after I left the mailroom and got my admin assistant position over in the former Sam's Club building. I won't say the actual building name. Um, I was you at, know you go ahead to blank it out because you said it earlier. What did I say? Wait, <laughs> no, I didn't say the building name. This is before I went mm-hmm. to the agency I'm at now. Okay. So when I got the second the second job, this is after the mailroom, right? Um mm. probably like a year or so in, I was at my desk and all of a sudden we got this big email blast in the building saying that one of the managers had accepted a position in the main building. And I was like, that's interesting because I didn't hear like shit about you know, rumors or anything, right? Mm-hmm. So, tee hee hee. Um, so, prior to that email coming out, somebody had walked into the front office, allegedly, and spilled the beans about, allegedly, something going on between. a deputy mod manager, allegedly, and one of his, um, one of the people in his mod, allegedly. And it, mm. I don't know for how long it had been going on, mm. but they would actually, allegedly, um, get it in, allegedly, um, on the weekends, Allegedly, in his office. Allegedly, whether people were working or there or not. Allegedly, now mind you, this is a different floor plan than the other buildings, and like, there's no staircases that go up to like 
the roof or go up to like a dark corner of the building. There's no like other floor that has cut right. off access. It's literally one floor across the entire building. Right. And I know. I... You can't. How does... Right. Oh, wait. Oh, so you've heard this. Because if it's who I think it is, I'm related to him. Yo, shut. <laughs> I will call NASA and tell them to send me to space. Shut <laughs> your mouth. Shut. Shut it up. No. Let me ask you this. No. Oh, oh are we about to Do play they guessing have... game? Oh, yes. I love guessing games. Do they have a child? Oh, a wait a minute. Child, are you talking like about adult child? Wait, 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 wait. Are you talking about him or her? Him. Oh, I don't know about him. With somebody that we know? I don't know about him. Okay. But I, but I know that Hold on. he had a great. No, but you know his name, though, right? If I if I drop, like... I did. I just I just texted to you. Well, I, th- I don't know if it's gonna cut off. Oh, I don't. I, uh... No, that's not him. That's not him. Okay. No, that's that I don't even know been... who that is. Um so oh, okay. no. I'll tell that story to you. Uh, oh, is it more tea time? I I can't do that on here. You can't even change names. I'll tell you, huh? You can't you can't change names. Oh. All right, let me finish my thing. All right. Yeah, do that. <laughs> yeah, because I had to, because I really almost had a heart attack when I almost thought we were talking about the same person, but that's not him. Um, I remember this this person's name. Um, so, allegedly, this had been going on for a while, and they were sloppy with it to the point that there was talk around I think that specific mod because I hadn't heard it prior to like that announcement or it wasn't until afterwards where I was people were talking but yeah like could you imagine like you come around the corner like hey I want to oh you know what never mind um yeah but wild things that's happened in that agency so, so I (laughs) <laughs> Here's the thing, like I've always heard stories about people getting it in in the building that we both were in. Like you and I and I believe every single story because you can actually accomplish that. When I tell you I ain't never been in the building that just <laughs> like each area just had its own thing. And I just felt like that building just went on for miles and miles and miles. 
so I can believe, you know, oh, they were getting it in in the stairwell on this floor, or they were getting it in in the freight. Ele- I don't know freight elevators, whatever. Do your thing. But in this specific building, y'all y'all are bold. Like you couldn't even take that back into the training mode where they barely have people. You actually are doing this allegedly. I'm just sitting here picturing that building like and it's so close together. Right. Every everybody's close together. And that's just nasty. And where y'all were situated, like you're in the front corner. And your office, allegedly, I gotta keep throwing it in there because you know, is <laughs> like there's no dead end. There are no dead ends in that in that building. And right. it's carpeted. And like your office opens like at a, a main walk well not necessarily a main walkway, but it all connects. So like doors. No doors. Um walls Cubicle. short enough to like peer over and not I get can, noticed. I can see over top can, of them. Right. And can you believe at one point in time people were actually thinking about making them shorter? That's another conversation. Um, but yeah, like oh short enough for you or I or some of the dwarves and the keeper elves to look over the, the partition catch a glimpse of what may be happening and walk away unnoticed. And y'all are doing this allegedly on overtime during overtime the weekends and like and allegedly the guy's married and allegedly the lady the lady has three kids to buy a guy that also allegedly works there. Um it's just this is just too much. That's a lot going on. Like, I, I signed up to work at a federal <clears throat> government agency. I didn't sign up to work at Melrose Place. This is not, this is not what I, like, y'all just, it, the, <laughs> so, they, so he allegedly accepted a position, right, in the main building. Um, and like it came like the notice came out email blast came out the right after a person walked to the front office and spilled the beans and like nothing really i don't think anything really came out of it like you know they the the lady allegedly still worked in the building kept her job and like there was no fallout really. They just allegedly reassigned this guy that was married. Allegedly. Um Yeah, that's what they do. Um, so I don't know why I brought that up, but I just felt like tea time was necessary. Um <laughs> just to support 
the theme that we've now placed in this episode of like what is like adulting and like working in environments unlike any other environment I've ever worked in? Hmm. Like I ain't had this, I ain't had this much tea and this much juice since retail, and that's years ago. Um, that place is messy. Very messy. Messy and dirty Messy. and grimy and mm. filthy and infested. Like they just now getting around to finally like finish upgrading the front of the main building. Yeah, and it took no. them, and it took them how long? Like so long they just now well, taking the speed cameras off interstate. No, I'm just kidding. Um I don't know if I can say anything. I'm not supposed to know this. <gasps> I know why they did everything that they did. Why? Well, you know. Allegedly. I would not be able to sleep at night if it was him. Like, I already know you've told me stories, but damn. Like, you know I'm tight with the wife. (laughs) I Listen, that just goes to show how often those type situations go down, though. You see what I'm saying? So, I know. Oh, I know. Oh, oh, more tea time? No, I'm not going to do that. Why not? Because there are people that I personally know. So, like, that situation, right? You like you don't have a relationship with those people, so I get it. I'm I, so I'm allegedly Facebook friends with the girl. <laughs> Facebook but, friends and friends are different. You, <sighs> but I didn't finish telling you the building. Did you hear me say oh. they don't own? The building across the street. Oh, they don't? No, they don't. And they did not renew the lease either. So, so what, to the main one. So what does that mean? That they Like, what does that mean for the agency if they don't own the lease? <sighs> or own it anymore? Alright, so just the fact that they are still leasing. Like, the ghetto, okay? But then you got the nerve to build a whole new building down at Wabash. Do y'all even own this? Shit. Yeah, I don't know. I do know that, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think it's intended for everybody to go back, honestly. You couldn't get me to go back if you was poking me with a hot poker or trying to poke me with a hot poker. Um, it's, I mean, I feel like if it's if you know that you can have functionality elsewhere without having to bring a whole bunch of people back, I'm sure it's cost efficient. Oh, you ain't gotta tell me twice sure about cost efficient shit. So, uh, it'll be interesting. The world is changing. 
it is people used to know will no longer it's, it's a new normal mm. that's what I said um who girl I feel so much better having had these conversations I know okay. people listen to this is like what the hell is going on on this damn podcast this is what we do <laughs> we have a whole bunch of random ass conversations that some way, shape, or form all linked together by some random statement that's related to the last thing. I don't know what initiated it, but this is how we got here. It all yeah, started out, started out talking about adulting, adulting and grief and work and how fast life is going by and work and we were being, well, I, I own up to being messy because I'm like, look, while we talking about work, let me give you some tea time <laughs> about what allegedly happened. <coughs> but that's that's how raggedy and ghetto <coughs> like that big ass. So here's the thing: it's like, the most stable place I've ever worked in my life, though. True. The most stable place I've ever worked in my life, which is crazy. That just says a lot, probably about me. <laughs> <laughs> shit, me too. <laughs> oh man, self realization. Yeah, you gotta be a special type of person to fit in it and make it. You do, and you do, and yeah, you do. I know I keep coming back to it, but you do. Um. <laughs> Because the shit I've seen, the shit I've heard, I'm like, I don't end up here, but I feel right in, right on in there, right on in there, baby. It's not hard to find. I don't know, like when you realize you spend more time there than you did at home, you it kind of becomes your home. You know what right. I'm saying? And you either gotta make the best of it, or again, that shit will eat you alive. <clears throat> I'd be damned if I was gonna be one of those people. Oh, y'all wanna be assholes? Let's have fun. <laughs> Let me show you how politics work for me. Yeah. I love playing political games with them. interesting all I'm going to say is this I think I'm going to leave it here nowhere in the Bible do it says that Adam took Eve to work and kept her car I don't know who need to hear that oh my God. but I'm going to leave it there since we're talking about you know federal government okay, workers I do have a random tea time for you oh. were you there when the flyers went out oh shit what flyers <laughs> Oh, give me the, all the tea. There was, they weren't managers or anything like that, not to my knowledge, but I do remember they worked in the most. I was just, I don't think you were there yet because it was when I first started. And the wife found out and printed out flyers <sighs> with her face, the car, pictures where they met up at. And all of her personal information. 
and plastered them all over the complex outside the parking lot the stores across the street like everywhere within the vicinity posted on light posts all that shit she put <laughs> blasted they asses hold up was it old boy from HR no you know what I'm talking about right yes I do oh Lord. I absolutely 100 and here's the thing like I didn't know it was as bad as it was until after I left. Because what I knew of the dude was that he was smiling a lot, and he was always talking to a female. But he was married. Didn't pay no money. But I didn't know it was that bad. That, like, like, it was so bad, I was like, why does he even have zippers on his pants? Um, I mean, like, I've heard women come in there and like expose they whole vaginas to him in the office. Like people are like what yeah. That place is something different. <laughs> I'm trying to tell you. Um yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh oh, oh. Uh, mm, 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 mm. Uh, wow, but the flyers, I didn't hear about that. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yo, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, this is... Oh, um. I've got some stories to fucking tell you. They just ooh, all randomly popping up. Ooh. Oh, my God. So, for those of you that are just now listening... This is the I Don't Refuse podcast. Where we used to work at because we're not talking. I'm not. No, I'm not. <laughs> you are listening. Happening. You are listening to the I Refuse podcast, and you have, if you're joining us now, you are now joining the tea, the tea time section. Uh, carry on. Why do you have to say it like? I know, right? Like I'm, um, like I'm, um, what's that black lady that had that talk show back in the day? Rolanda Watts, yeah. Um, continue Who? on. What was her name? Ro Rolanda. I have <sighs> no idea who you're talking about. Oh my god, I can't think of her. It was a black lady. She had, it was like the mid '90s. She had a talk show for a quick second. But uh, carry on. This is tea time with the I Refuse podcast. <laughs> Those are my two stories. You I, said you no the other ones like I said these are they no oh shit I, can't do that. I love these people <coughs> I can't do that fine yeah, that I includes that. that includes our tea time oh wait well wait a minute so so back to the Bible verse I just dropped about <laughs> three minutes ago now I know. You've heard about this, and I know you can't. You're not gonna hold back because ne- neither one of us were friends to this girl. Well, okay. I know I wasn't, huh? <clears throat> okay. I know I wasn't, but she was kind of cool with Rochelle, but kind of what I don't think. Dark skin girl, wore glasses. Wore glasses. Boyfriend would always drop her off and keep the car. Ah, uh, nope. 
And... I... Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know exactly what you're talking about. So, uh... She, um, oh. actually uh, made a pass at me. Oh, what the... What the orange is uh, new black is going on here? Yeah. Yeah, she made a pass at me before. I think I vaguely remember you telling I think you told me that what what, what? I know I'm gonna need a drink after this we went to lunch at a bar not too far from the job was it City View? no you used to always call it Bayview, and they'd be like, boy, that's the hospital. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it's like right around the corner from the bowling alley um, for somebody's birthday. I'm not saying no names, okay? I'm not saying no names. It was five of us that went, <clears throat> and... Me and the birthday girl were drinking Long Island iced tea. <laughs> she made us a picture of that shit. <laughs> oh my goodness. And we was chilling. Um, I believe like the day prior, you know how we all would get together and be like, what y'all doing for lunch? Whatever the case may be. And then somebody... You know, we would ask to go or somebody would volunteer to go or we would impose on somebody to go um, to pick it up. And sometimes that person would be that person. <clears throat> this particular time, I was asked and I did what we would normally do, but they did not want me to ask anybody else. They just wanted to go with me. And then expressed interest in me. Oh. To which I respectfully was like, I'm flattered, but you know, not interested. And it that was it. That was the end of it. Um the thing was is that that during that time it was a lot of shit going on during that time period that was just messy and even if I would have been interested, I wouldn't have done it because I ain't want no parts of that shit. It was just a lot. Um, oh, it, on that on the other end. Yes. Oh. Um, and respectfully, a romantic dynamic was not what they needed. They needed somebody just to be a friend. So I wasn't going to take advantage of a vulnerability even if I was to entertain. You see what I'm saying? Right. It just, all in all, I wouldn't do that to you. Let me, I'll just be your friend. I'm not interested. And yeah, that's just what it was. And I, you know, I guess it never was anything awkward after the fact. And as a matter of fact, saw her maybe, I'm going to say within like the past 
two or three years or whatever, like I said, and I guess maybe because of the fact of how I responded and I have no reason to treat you different after the fact. It's not like you, I didn't feel disrespected, you know what I'm saying, or uncomfortable about it in any way, shape, or form, but yeah, that's my experience with that person. Wow. Ooh, girl, I felt like I was there. interesting because I was told by our manager that he thought because I hung out with them that you were that I was I and think... I was just like that is the most ignorant shit <laughs> to say to somebody like what what are you talking about we work the fuck together like how what are you talking really whatever but yeah so I don't know it's not the first time that I've been I've been running down on them that shit was uncomfortable not there but just in general it's very uncomfortable not you you said you were ran down on yes well what wait a minute what does that mean (laughs) Like somebody was like, what does that mean? Yeah. Like, ran down on me. Oh, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. Like somebody went downtown on you. No, like they. <sighs> the gas station on Forty, right by Chick Fil A. Mm-hmm. Okay. This was before Chick Fil A was there. <clears throat> probably like <laughs> early 2000s. Okay. Damn. And um, with my best friend and we are walking up towards Burger King. <gasps> we stop at the gas station first and is these two females in there. I had on, at the time, Walmart used to have these like little two-piece short set things. It was like a tank top and these shorts. The shorts were too short, but I, w- I loved the tank tops. Well, this tank top specifically had a unicorn on it and a rainbow. I fucking love unicorns because I fucking love unicorns, okay? I love unicorns. I love fairies. I love all that sanity shit. That's, that, that's my thing, okay? So, you also know that I have my name tattooed on my arm. This was before I got my tree of life on it also. So, my name is clear as day on my arm, okay? And we're going to the gas station, and we leave out, and we're starting to walk towards our destination. And all of a sudden, I hear my name being called literally broken up in two words okay so you can imagine how she's saying my name in a husky voice and she is charging towards me what 
the Ravens training camp is going on here. <laughs> and then she like, hold on, hold on, don't go nowhere, don't go nowhere. And I'm thinking, like, do she know me? And she was like, how you doing? And I was like, fine. And she was like, can I get your number? And I was like, oh, no, like, <laughs> that's not what this is. And she was like, well, why you got that on your shirt? Because I like fucking unicorns. Like, I, I did not wear that shirt after the fact. She scared you into not wearing it. Yeah, that shit was uncomfortable. You, I don't want to break down a description, but at the end of the day, it was just, it was like, what the fuck? Wait a minute. This should look like, like Large Marge. <laughs> you laughing because you know I'm right. It was the craziest thing I've ever seen. Okay. Um, I'm not, no, I'm not fucking with you. It just you will, man. Highly uncomfortable oh, at the end Lord. of the day. Oh no! And even still, it was just like no. You know what I mean? I have no. I'm not interested. I'm not. I'm just. I'm not gonna be an asshole. You know what I'm saying? And going about my business. It just. I won't wear this shirt again. That's it. That's all. Damn, not even. I don't give a damn this... now. I'll wear rainbows and all that shit. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I will do it now. But you just won't then... wear it in that Burger King. That's what it is. I, I don't give a damn. Do you hear me? My Twitter says I'm a fucking unicorn. I are know what so... it means. Are you still active on Twitter? I don't post shit. Just like I don't post shit on my IG. Yeah. Oh, that's true. <laughs> you gotta be nothing. careful because I went over there. I was like, "Hold on, is this a real person?" Because you know, I people don't care. Be... I so, do not give a damn. It's interesting that you have that story because it's like because you honestly could have ended up like this guy that used to work with the guy um, whose name you mentioned in text before we got back on this thing. Um. Follow me. Wait. Uh, yeah. Follow me. Okay. So the guy, the the name you you just dropped in text before we got back on here. Mm-hmm. The one you said no to. Right. That was. Okay. Begins with an M. Yes. All right. So he for a while had a a second job. Uh, working at the um, the 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 clubhouse on Forty. Okay. Near the Chick Fil A. Uh, so not so he used to work for that company, but not that location. I don't think. All right, but that don't really matter. He used to work, so there used to be a guy that worked there with him that was married to this woman um, who, I don't know the specifics as to how it happened, but she ended up leaving him for another woman, allegedly. Um, I remember, I got to keep putting it in there. And... 
And it got so bad. He he did a random pop up at his house and and surprised them in the midst of the girl moving her stuff. Um, her lover moving her stuff out of their house. So what? It got so tense. Do you know this? This Manny Fresh, Lady of Rage, built ass, half a squared off with this dude in front of his own house. Shut the fuck up. Over his his own wife, allegedly. Um. So long story short, you know, I guess the the move finished. Um, but it ended up not working out, and she, you know, allegedly came back, and they're still allegedly married, allegedly to this alleged day. Um, when I tell you, I damn near fell out of my chair. I said, "This is where we are as a society these days." Allegedly, Mm. yeah. So it's a it's. It's good that you didn't end up in that kind of situation because God, who knows what kind of situations happening behind the oh, curtains. Well, you know what I mean? I was with the sperm donor at that time, so it probably oh. would have, yeah. Mm. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we fall down. <laughs> <laughs> the whole different story. I might have, might have appreciated it then. I don't. I don't that's know. That's a whole another podcast. Yeah, that's a Miss whole ma'am. different story. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. Not me breaking into Donnie McClurkin and up in here. Um. Who? Hmm. <laughs> so we had the I Refuse podcast. If you're just now joining, this is what happens here on this here podcast. There's no script. There's no teleprompter. There's no man behind the camera telling us to wrap it up. There is no set production schedule. There's no in-studio audience. There's no laugh track. It's just me and my special guest. At the I Refuse podcast. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) So I'll leave y'all with this. Nowhere in the Bible do it say that Adam took Eve to work and kept her car. Oh my God. This is Mr. Fox from the Irish Fuse Podcast, aka Queen Latifah's blouse with my special guest. <laughs> really? The abstract Sagittarius. I'm done with you. I don't even know what else. <laughs> Just wrap it up. And we'll leave you with this. <laughs> Goodbye. Remember to follow and subscribe. I refuse podcast. You got to type the whole thing in on Spotify and Apple Podcasts to find me. I found that out today. Like, it's not just simply I refuse. You can type in I refuse podcast. Mr. Fox or I refuse Mr. Fox because apparently there's a lot of podcasts out there with the word refuse in them 
So it's going to be everybody else but me. But I know I'm like the lowest on the fucking totem pole. I'm not even on the fucking podcast charts. Okay, bitch. Like, this is not. I'm literally the nickel and dime of Spotify. Everybody started with nothing at some point in time. Listen. I am the Cabrini Green of podcasts, okay? At this point. I was like, I'll be damned. I'm not even like number six or number seven in the search results. Like, I had to click. Like, you know how many times I had to click see more? I'm sorry. That's fine. I understand. But it's okay because as long as you keep doing it, like you said, you want season three, right? Yes, this will be mm-hmm. the third episode. And you just you keep going. That's oh, of course. Doing. You know, because oh, you, you know, it. I know I'm gonna be messy the rest of my life, and I want people to know this. Um, ain't nothing wrong with it. There's a whole bunch of messy ass people out there that embrace their messiness. Ain't nothing the fuck wrong with it. And people ain't doing nothing but staying in the house listening to podcasts anyway. And being messy. And why and why can't it be me to bring y'all the mess? You know? So I refuse podcasts. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, iHeartRadio. We have a blog on WordPress. We're on Instagram and Twitter. I Refuse Podcast, all one word on Twitter. On IG, I Refuse Podcast, underscore between the words. And, you know, there it is. You can find, you know, my special guest. I'm... I'm... She's abstract Sagittarius, aka Lisa Vandross. But my page is not active right now, so that's the reason why I'm not even pushing that shit. You can go on there and it's gonna be like, what? I ain't post nothing in over a year, sir. I'm not promoting that page right now, but it will be active soon. Give me about a month. Post a picture of the doorway or like something to let people know you actually something. Oh, I will. I got stuff to start posting again. I had some shit that I had to work out. Like oh, I'm not even had to mad get at some that. things together. So we I took the year off. I will be doing a pop up in a month. So what do you I'll mean? Pass that information along. Oh, a pop up like exhibit? Mm-hmm. Pop up shop? Yep. Come on, abstract basket. <laughs> We love a pop-up art gallery up and through these streets. Shoot. I'll show you some of the stuff that I've been working on. Yes. Oh, I've been some... working on my... Because, you know, I had to find a different way to do my art with my hands. Because I, to- I just found out I have rheumatoid and osteoarthritis in both of my hands. Oh, no. So... Drawing and I, I am very heavy-handed, so it's a lot for me to draw with pens and markers and stuff like I used to. Um, my tablet though and that pen has been able to alleviate a lot of that pressure, so I've been working on my digital art for the past year, and also learning to perfect my craft. So, 
I got a lot of stuff to, that I'm ready to post. And yeah, I'm ready to jump out there. But yeah, I had to take a day off and get my shit together. I was not worried about that goddamn page. It's there, but I ain't worried about it. I understand. Like, as we get older, we mm-hmm. all need a reprieve. We all need a break. Social media just never really was my thing. You know what I mean? I'm very one-on-one, I guess you could say. I love human interaction to a degree. And social media, the social media dynamic is great. Don't get me wrong. Um, (laughs) Smart as fuck, too. I just know that it's not for everybody, and I've tried, <laughs> and I'm going to try again, but it's just not my focus. Um, I think there's a more genuine way that I can get my stuff out there, and yeah, when I'm ready, I'll do it. I really just want to pay somebody to do it, to be truthful. You know what's crazy? It's funny that you bring that up because I, you know, after I sold the house and had, you know, a couple of coins, a couple of coins, I was like thinking of paying somebody to do like logo stuff and video editing and stuff for the YouTube channel. But then I was like, I'm just doing my fucking self. Yeah. I, it's one of those things where one, the other thing that I had to do when it came down to social media is understand that social media tends to put pressure on um, the belief that you got to do everything right now. Like, you just, it's, instead of just working at your own pace. So, right. when I realized that, let me work at my own, I don't, I'm not them, I'm not, I'm me. So, I want to make sure that whatever I put out there is also going to be something that I'm going to want to use and purchase myself. Um, I don't want to put just anything out there just because somebody else is doing it. I legit want it to be something that's meaningful for me. You know what I'm saying? And I want it to be unique. So it's like, yeah, I got ashtrays and rolling trays, but (laughs) you're not going to find an ashtray and rolling tray that's going to look like this. Because my designs are my designs. They're not... They're personal to me, to a degree. You know I gotta say this. Like, (sighs) I'm loving this chapter that my friends are in, y'all. Like, you you got your design thing and your art thing. And then there are people that, like my sister and I know, that started, like, the charcuterie stuff. Um, Which, by the way... Shameless plug because you know I love it so much. I'm so bored. I am S O B O A R D S on Instagram. Bombing charcuterie boards. Get into it. But nevertheless, carry on. I'm about to go. I'm looking them up. Um, <clears throat> I, I think the other thing is I was having a conversation with a friend of mine over the weekend and explaining like I just remember growing up and being told that I had to treat 
my skill as a hobby. That everything I think was so more so business oriented. Like the goal was to just find a job and then find a career in some type of corporate world that my skill wouldn't actually take me anywhere. The fact that I can play video games, I couldn't make a career out of anything like that. You ain't gonna make no money doing nothing like that. Like, <laughs> I don't like not even to blast my mother like that because I love her dearly, but I remember her throwing books of my artwork away just because she felt like it was trash. You know what I'm saying? So I never really took my art as seriously as I'm doing now. So I can't one design my longest design took me a week to do. And that shit was literally circles. <laughs> it was a whole bunch of fucking circles. And it took me a week to do, but I'm proud of it. Um I just did my first well actually my second digital art drawing of Jack Skellington, because you know that's that's my man right there. I love him. From um, Night Before Nightmare mm, Before Christmas? Yep. Oh. Um I just did my first one. Um that took me four days to do. And I'm not talking about within like like two hours today. No, I'm literally dropping my child off at school, coming home getting some fruit and some water and pulling his pad out and getting to work. And I'm not stopping until I'm he come home from school. And then once I get him situated, I'm starting up again. And I usually I, I spend a lot of time on that thing. <laughs> like a lot. I, and I'm just so focused in it right now and now my next step is taking those designs that I'm working on and getting them printed out so I can actually apply them to my actual product that's beautiful. so that's my next step but I do have some things now that aren't as they're my designs but not like hand drawn, if that makes sense. It was things that I did when I started doing my resin work and making my trays and my ashtrays and stuff like that. I love them all. It and it's I've had them for like over a year, and now it's time for me to part ways with them. I'm ready to jump out there. So I'm giving myself a month to get the necessary things that I need and instead of me trying to do social media again I'm going to do this pop-up so that's my journey now stepping out my comfort zone and that's important y'all you know just step out of your bubble that's where the real fun begins the real fun my first my first time the, the first thing the reason why I say I won't, I'll try social media again is because I I understand that it's a good networking tool once I step outside of my comfort zone. So, I, um, there is you don't mind me talking about this, do you? 
Not at all. Because I know you was trying to wrap it up, so I didn't want to. <laughs> I mean, two hours ago, but people. I mean, get it out there, girl, so people okay. know. So, the reason why I left the job that we were talking about was because I was diagnosed with lupus, fibromyalgia, Sjogren's, and a connective tissue disease in my lower back with lower spinal fusion <laughs> and arthritis. Oh my God. Um, in addition to me being diagnosed with carpal tunnel and arthritis and a trigger thumb in my hands. This was then. <laughs> the the rheumatoid and the osteoarthritis, like everything has progressed over time. But that was the reason why I left. It, the pain, the fatigue, and it took them. I didn't find out everything until maybe three months after I left. I knew there was something going on, but during that time period and prior to the promotion, I was going. I was sick a lot and had no idea what the fuck was wrong with me. Um, the first time that it happened, literally me shaking my inhaler, my hand went out on me, and. That was a year before I found out anything. So, Ooh, that um, had to be scary for you, girl. That like it was the type of pain that the only it was a deep pain, and the only thing that I could do to try to focus off of that was hit my hand up against the wall. That shit hurt so bad. I had never experienced anything like it. Um, and it it did not go away. Um, then the locking started happening. Then the body pain started happening and then it would be shit. Like I would fall asleep at the desk, not knowing that I fell asleep, like fatigue out of nowhere. It, and I I had no idea what the hell was wrong with me. I just knew something was wrong. And my doctor was like, he ultimately had to think outside of the box and tested me and my shit came back abnormal. And yeah, it took them nine months from the initial test for them to actually give me my diagnosis and show me everything come to find out it's it runs in my family so um and then the medications that they were putting me on that's a whole different story like they made me feel like complete shit so it just got to the point where I couldn't work and then if I can't work, then of course I can't pay my bills. And then if I can't pay my bills, then I can't keep my house. And if I can't keep my house, then I can't keep everything else. You know, I lost a lot that year. I lost one of my dearest friends and then lost my house, lost my dogs. I lost everything. Literally had to come back with nothing but the clothes on my back and the little bit of shit that I had in my pocketbook. That was it. And so that triggered depression, which triggered more medications that ultimately mentally and physically affected me. And the only thing that I could really find solace in was my art. So I had the urges to draw but I couldn't because my hands wouldn't allow me to. So 
I would get coloring books, coloring books. Like I can handle that. I don't need a lot of pressure for that stuff like that. And I had a breakdown. And that's what triggered me to go to therapy. And I was in therapy for three years, I believe. And I also had to make a decision of paying attention to what I was putting in my body and why I was feeling the way that I felt. So I eliminated stop smoking cigarettes. I eliminated, I was on 15 different medications and went down Jeez. to three. Went down yeah. to three. You go, girl. Um, and they are optional for me. Um, and then also learning what my body can handle with the conditions that I had. You know what I'm saying? And understanding how to prepare myself for the things that I want to do. Because it was like I couldn't walk up and down the steps like I needed to. I can't cook. My son played football. I can't go to his game. Like, I can't stand for a long period of time. I can't sit for a long period of time. Like, I couldn't do My quality of life was fucked, okay? And it wasn't just because I had these conditions, it's also what I was putting inside of me, including the food that I was eating, Medicaid, all of that shit. So the therapy helped me change how I approached everything mentally. And that helped me understand how to manage my art. And how much time I can spend on it and what my limits are. And then that led down into supplies that I can, you know, are more uh, ergonomic from, you know, that I can handle and stuff like that. So it was just more so on me learning my limits and also getting in a better physical and mental and emotional and spiritual mindset that allowed me to tap back into my art the way that I used to. And actually believe in it. Believe that I can make something out of this. Like, I can do something. And I'm not even necessarily saying for a financial thing. If it goes, for, like, if it, if it gets me somewhere financially stable, great. But it's not just about that for me. It's so much deeper than that. Um, just off of the reactions that I get from the people around me when they see some of the stuff that I do. I want people in general to be inspired like other people have inspired me. So I became a medical marijuana patient uh, three years ago, which changed my fucking life. <laughs> in a different way. Um, that also helped me get off of the medications that I was on. And then also tapping into the community, like, I never understood how big the medical cannabis community is. But ultimately, it led me to a woman named Linda Biggs. They call her the medical cannabis queen. Um, she's from here. 
and she draws fairies. <laughs> so it's like right up my alley, right? And that's what inspired me to start the Abstract Sagittarius page. One, to show my cannabis journey and also a way to express my art. And then that led me into what can I do to bring what I use for my medical cannabis and my art together? And that's how I came into the ashtrays, the rolling trays. I have doobie wands and um, boxes and nothing is the same. Everything is different. Nobody will have what you have. So that's that's been my journey. Wow. So I tried to launch last year, but a lot was going on last year that I don't really want to get into right now. And mentally, I wasn't as committed to it. I knew I wanted to do it. It just... I was only ready to put my toes in. You know what I'm saying? Like, now, I'm ready to jump off the diving board naked and balls out. Oh, <laughs> like, let's do it. All right, so for ready. the record, she doesn't actually have balls, y'all. No, I don't. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> but yeah, I'm 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 ready. Um and I don't have anything really to hold me back. And I was a... given an opportunity that I didn't think that I was gonna ever have again, even though it came through an unfortunate circumstance. Um but I feel like it was a blessing in disguise. So Like I said, it's deeper. It's 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 deeper than just money or anything of that nature. I'll yeah, I'm ready. I still got a little bit of things and I'm it's just even though I'm ready, social media just isn't on my priority list of things to do. <laughs> like that... if I'm focused on drawing, I'm not gonna stop and say, Oh, let me post this shit today. I it's just not something that is in my mental space right now. But I'm not completely counting it out. You know what I'm saying? I'm just not there yet. I'll figure it out. But right now, it's this. So. And there you have it, folks. You have people out here that in a rut, I was there, you were there, and there's so many other people out there that are not out of their ruts yet. But I think it's one step in front of the other. Yeah. Coming out of your comfort zone. Like this time away, or this time in the bubble, I think I've said it before in the podcast, is that I've had all this time and opportunity to tap into other things. This podcast, for one, Mm. didn't happen uh, you know pre-pandemic now it's full steam ahead 
and you're doing your art thing, and then you know I'm blogging more, and we're just stretching our creative muscle. So that's all we're saying, folks. Is just step out of your comfort zone. You just never know what's out there. No matter what it is. And again, and again, do not forget this Bible verse. Nowhere in the Bible do it say that Adam took Eve to work and kept her car. And we out, we out. So thank you for joining the I Refuse podcast. This is Mr. Fox, a.k.a. Luther Vandross's tracksuit with my special guest. The abstract Sagittarius. Abstract Sagittarius, a Basquiat coming to a pop-up gallery near you, and we out this bitch. Peace out. Bye.